Scott. I'm Russell. And I'm Leo. This is Spitball. Welcome to Spitball, the pitching kitchen, where three web weavers empty our heads of startup and tech product ideas that we have stuck up in there so you can all have them for free. Anything that we say is yours to keep. Scott, who'd you bring with us this week? This week, we have one of my oldest friends and former roommate, Doyle. Hey, I didn't know that. That's fun. Hey, glad to be here. Yeah, yeah, we were for a little bit. Yep. <laughs> Welcome to the show. It was good times. Good times. It was a good times. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Good deal. All right, this week, I've brought a new game for us to try out. This week, we're going to be playing Wisdom of the Crowdfund. So, in this game, I don't know how 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 familiar are you guys with, like, history of famous Kickstarters and Indiegogos? Is that a scene that you're in? I have heard of Kickstarter. <laughs> oh, good. That's good news. Yeah. I know of Exploding Kittens absolutely <laughs> blowing Kickstarter up, uh, followed by, as we were talking about, actually, before the show, uh, Brandon Sanderson following up blowing up kickstarter but that's about all i know okay i haven't picked either of those for this game so in this game we (laughs) have (laughs) we have a series of bizarre kickstarters that have all been successfully funded over the years these are things that you may or may not even think should have been funded or backed and we're going to go through line by line here and take turns to decide whether or not they actually delivered on the product that they said they would, <laughs> or if this was a complete sham and scam and they never got what they paid for. Love it. And let's start, of course, as we do every week with our guest, Doyle. Oh, I'd like to pitch to you first. Hey. We have a product here called Slice of Sauce. Now, this is a no mess <laughs> slice of ketchup. You could go to Kickstarter, back it, and Bo's original slice of sauce was a flavor-packed condiment. <laughs> it looked like a... Uh, our single craft singles only it was gelatinous Ooh. red and it was a slice of ketchup now just ketchup, that got no other condiment. <laughs> just ketchup there was what? only ketchup to start okay. here that was Sorry. backed by 677 backers and got thirty thousand dollars <laughs> that's a red flag <laughs> so for thirty thousand dollars they blew past their goal but yes or no did it ship Ooh. So it wasn't whether this exists. <laughs> it existed. <laughs> it it was real. It's a thing that okay, happens. So it's not like you're so making happy. up well, a Kickstarter. <laughs> did it exist in the fact that did they actually make something? Or was this just a photo shoot and a scale? Okay, okay, okay. I I have to say that that yes, that absolutely it has to be easy enough to like just <laughs> With a, with a little bit of pudding mix and ketchup onto like a baking tray. Put it in a sandwich bag. You are absolutely right. Slice of sauce shipped to all backers and was a raving success. Not only was Incredible. it a success, it was uh, made by a restaurateur in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, our home state. Um, oh, wow. Russell, next, the Scarp. Laser Razor, 21st Century Shaving. Now, this was a razor that looked kind of like a safety razor that you'd hold here, but instead of a blade, it had a glowing red light and was pitched as the first ever razor that was powered by a laser, irritation-free. It got $507,000, 255% of its goal on Indiegogo. But yes or no, did it ship to people? Yikes. Ah, this is... uh... (laughs) This is like one of those things where you take one of those electric lighters and you're like, all right, let's ship it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it cuts hair. Uh, I'm going to say it shipped, but everybody asked for a refund. Ah, not only did it not ship, Indiegogo suspended the whole campaign and did not allow it to complete. Whoa. <laughs> yep. Why? What was uh, the, They didn't uh... even have a functional prototype, which was a rule. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, that's just great. shipping yeah. high-powered lasers start. and saying, point them at your face. Yeah, just point it at your face. Guys, I'm 99% sure lasers exist. <laughs> <laughs> and if TVs taught me anything, they cut things. Scott. Half a million. I'd like to tell you about my fantastic new product. It's called Telespec. T-E-L-L-S-P-E-C with a capital S. What's okay. in your food? This is a handheld scanner that offered real-time food testing, food safety, and food authenticity. You pointed this scanner at food, and it'll tell you all kinds of details about it, whether or not it's legit. Yes or no, did that actually... Oh, sorry. It got uh, $386,000, almost 400% of its goal. But did it ship? Can you tell me what year... I can. The country of origin. Can you origin. use it in a sentence? Yeah, right. <laughs> can you use it in a right, sentence? Yeah. <laughs> this was, I believe, 2016. It did not ship. There's no way they could do that then. 
they got all the way to the point of firmware and manufacturing and stuff, but no, you are correct. It did not ship. Sorry to say. No. The FDA would be fixed, right? If this was like the last year, I'd be like, okay, maybe, you know, just some chat <laughs> GPT plugin or whatever. That- Apparently they shipped something to some people, but it was a rebrand of a, some other product that already existed and did not do anything for what it said it would. <laughs> Round two, Doyle. Yeah. The I find the world's first battery-free item location tag, like an air tag or a tile tracker, but it promised to be a battery-free tracker using Bluetooth that harnessed radio waves from the air around you for just enough energy to... Uh, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. To, well, that's- so it had a $25,000 goal. It got $546,000. It blew past oh, its wow. goal. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of percent. But did it ship? I'm going to say no, because if it did, AirTag would be using it already. Oh, that doesn't sound like the like Apple the I know. Technology, right? <laughs> yeah, you are yeah, absolutely true, right. Actually. Nine years ago, it was also yeah, suspended no. by Kickstarter. That shit didn't even exist. No. <laughs> no. Russell, bust. CSTO1, the world's thinnest watch. This is a flexible wristwatch that's an e ink display. And it goes all the way around, kind of like a slap bracelet, where uh, you put it on. It had just the time and nothing else. It was a really, really thin wristwatch. How many backers? 7,600 backers that pledged over a million dollars. Oh, my gosh. Dude, just take everybody that loves Pebble and funnel them into this scam. (laughs) Never shipped. Absolutely right. It did never shipped. Yes. (laughs) Total bust. Russell, are you telling me people don't wear their Pebble anymore? Oh, no. There's a hardcore community that I would still be a part of right now if it still existed. For those listening, Russell has four Pebbles on right now. Uh, If if Fitbit didn't buy Pebble and then Google Fitbit, I'm like, oh, you see? I've got my Pebble time and my Pebble time round right here. Our good friend Andrew also has his. (laughs) (laughs) It's the goat. It's the goat of watches. They still work. Yeah, there's a whole community to make them still work. It's great. Scott, oh, do I have a pitch for you? This is called the Romp Him, H-I-M, the world's first male romper. This is uh, <laughs> it shipped a repeat and the Kickstarter. Up with romp him, romp him, R O M P capital H I M. This had three thousand backers, three hundred fifty-three thousand dollars in twenty seventeen. Uh, it's the it's a romper in fun uh, fraternity looking patterns, kind of splotchy whatever, and it was a is romper. There the nineties is there the nineties swish? It's got nineties <laughs> swish you know vibe. That? Jazz, I believe, was the name of that. No, pattern. but like you, yeah, jazz. Yeah, it doesn't actually have that, but similar. Yeah, uh, that is yes or no. Did it not ship? a high buried entry? I say it definitely shipped. It definitely shipped. You're awesome. absolutely right. I'm gonna buy one right after this. <laughs> the romp him, an excellent Christmas gift. One more round. <laughs> Let's go. One more. Let's go again. Doyle, the Smarty Ring. This is kind of like an aura ring a couple of years back that uh, is the first ring of its kind. It was a a notification alerts buzz in a a ring that you wore on your finger and had a tiny OLED screen and not much else. It would buzz when you got notifications and a little tiny screen promised to be a lot. It raised almost $300,000, 744% of its goal of $40,000, but did it ship? The... If it was just the vibration, I would say yes. But an OLED screen seems like a lot to put in a ring. So I'm going to say no. You're absolutely right. Not only that, they famously started a second campaign to raise more money without delivering to the first yet. And it pissed off a lot of people. (laughs) Bluetooth 4.0 technology. It didn't even promise to do a lot. I'm surprised it didn't make it. The screen, I guess. But yeah, never happened. Uh, Russell, the transporter. This is a portable hard drive that you can turn into a online off the off the cloud storage solution so it's kind of like a nas you put your files on it it sits there it looks like a router black sleek looking thing um it's for storing your files on your network it got 1005 nope 1055 backers and two hundred sixty thousand dollars way back in 2013 wait it's just a wireless Portable hard it's drive? a wireless portable hard drive that uh, okay. you put your own hard drive in, and it made a private cloud. That's Wait, cool. what's the name of this product? I... The Transporter. Oh. <laughs> you um, have not heard of this product. I, I've heard of something. I think. I, think, I mean, uh, it's like a NAS or a time machine yeah, or whatever, but right. it promised quite a bit in this time where that was not really super popular yet. It got $260,000. 
I think but it happened. You... How, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. How many how many gigabytes did it store? No, you bring your own drive. Oh, it's BYOD. They had a version that yeah, you could buy. They had a version you could buy with one terabyte hard drive that it shipped with, but the regular version was you bring your own. Oh, well then totally. Yes, it was it happened. Use any capacity mobile drive, it says. Just a USB hub. It did indeed happen. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I like that one. It That's good. Barely made it through. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And then lastly, Scott the M printer. That's a lowercase M capital P, an analog printer for a digital world. Small black receipt printer, thermal printer, that printed snippets of information that they called M prints. You could put it, set it up with your phone so that you print out the weather for today or a to-do list or your Facebook notifications or, um, I don't know, like Sudoku puzzles and the headlines <laughs> for the day. You set it on your, your counter. You walk out the door with your receipt full of information, like a little mini personalized Whoa. newspaper. Because your screen's not good uh, enough? $88,000. <laughs> Can I print Well, coupons? this is 2015. <laughs> Different time in 2015. 700 backers, $88,000. But did it actually ship? Didn't Nintendo did this, right? In the late 90s? The Game Boy the printer. Game Boy printer. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Like that, a little bit bigger. Okay, then this definitely shipped. Also, I love that idea. Could have used that last week with Sam. <laughs> it never even shipped. Uh. This is a product that you'd think like a thermal printer, you put it like an ESP32 on it or something, you're good, right? You go to AliExpress and you glue a circuit board onto a thing <laughs> that already exists and you're done, but nope. They had a whole promise and never even shipped a thing. Lame. That I lost track of our I scores. <laughs> I just know. I think I yeah, won. I think we, we all won. We all win for finding all of these. We all won. Thanks. Thanks very much to the uh, shitty Kickstarter <laughs> subreddit for some of your inspiration. <laughs> I like that game. That was a good game. Sweet. All right, Scott. You're up first this week. What do you got for us? All right. I, here is my half-baked idea. Um, actually Excellent. just seeing Doyle and being able to interact with him. Doyle lives in New York right now yeah. and I'm currently in Michigan and it is nice to be able to catch up with him. It's very nice to be able to catch up with you guys. And so I'm going to combine that with, do you guys remember Woot before they got bought out? I don't know. I think sure. Amazon did it. Yeah. So it's a website where it's one product a day and you just kind of check it like, not like an auction, but just, Hey, they're selling this today. Do I want it or no? Yeah or nay. I'm going to combine that with Doyle being in New York with a subscription service so you pay a monthly like 10, 20 bucks a month, and then maybe once or twice a month, an item, will you'll get notified that this is the item this month. You can either buy it for yourself or send it to a friend on here in order to maintain contact with someone or stay in touch or whatnot. So say the item this week is a, what'd you call them, a romp him? Or <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I, I see that. And I get a notification like, hey, this you've already paid for this because you paid for your subscription. Who do you want to send this to? And I'd be like, this is for Doyle. This is built for Doyle. <laughs> I'm going to send it to him with a note or zero context or nothing. And that way I can, you know, just kind of stay connected with someone. That's Dude, the idea. Fantastic. Peak consumerism. So you, you can, can just send mm -hmm. random yeah. crap to, to Absolutely anyone. random crap. A Especially pair of socks, me. a bag of dog <laughs> treats, like whatever. <laughs> But it lets you think about like, ah, this this really screams Russell right here. I'm just going to send this to Russell. Do you tell it? It's a social network, but physical goods. Yeah, I love yeah do you it. tell mm -hmm. it who, who you're sending stuff to, and then it finds more things like that thing for that <laughs> yeah. person? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always it's always the same item for everyone oh, in the okay, whole okay. using the service. Like, yeah, this week is sure. this you know fancy pair of Harry Potter socks or whatever. Mm -hmm. Who would like this best? Woot was genius because it was selling overstocked stuff, right? They mm -hmm. had too much of one thing in this in the thing, and how do we get rid of it? And there was always limited supply. They made a big deal about, hey, there's only 35% of these are remaining, right? Now's your chance. They gave you a lot of FOMO. Combining that with also, oh, I feel warm and fuzzy because I'm sending a gift. That makes a lot of well, sense. Well, I think yeah. the question is, what happened to them? They got bought by Amazon, oh. I think. Well, that's really? what happens all And of then us. the founder went and started another one. <laughs> he just oh, really? made the <laughs> exact same site again called Meh. <laughs> right. Yeah. Meh, Wasn't that's really? right. Mm -hmm. He did. Oh, yeah, he still exists too. Ugh. Exact Myth. same. .com. But now when you go to Woot, you can get special benefits if you're an Amazon Prime member. It's kind of sad. <laughs> okay, I want to I want to <laughs> throw a loop in this. So you know all those Please. Amazon returns? Mm -hmm. Those bins, Ooh. bulk bin buying? Okay, turn this sure. into a every month you you spend 20 bucks and you can randomly so like it's straight up like a uh Click shuffle. Like if you pick, if like, it's just the bins, you know, those shopping bins are stupid cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
you get your item and it's like, who do you want this? Or do you want to send it to somebody else? Right. And it's just, you, you have like three rerolls. And then after the third one, <laughs> you're like, all right, you're stuck with this one. We're sending it to your house or you're sending it to a friend. So it's either like a gag gift or just, or it could be a full on like returned Amazon drone coffee roaster. It could go wild card with this right because you can buy those bulk return bins at like a flat rate and so now people are on there subscribing for the lucky coffee grinder that costs 150 bucks or they're like i'm just gonna send doyle a pair of socks (laughs) 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 who did that famously they have the bag of crap which is a mystery item i love the bag of crap like 10, 15, 20 years ago, whenever it was that they had the Nintendo Wii, they went out and sent all their employees to wait in line and they all got Wiis. And then that was one of the things they sent out for the bag of crap when you couldn't buy them anywhere. And it was like a really big deal. Yeah, you could leverage that FOMO. I love what it. What I like about your addition, Russell, to that is that sort of you found what Woot found. Like Woot had found, okay, we have overstocked items and we need to get rid of them. What you're taking, like, okay, you have these random boxes that Amazon puts together of returned items. Like, let's let's turn that into money because like if you, you could buy for what is it like <laughs> 300 bucks, a box of things that are, you know, probably retail yeah. worth $2,000, but you just can't, you can't do anything with them, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, <laughs> yes. you found it. You just buy, you keep buying those boxes and then whatever was in those boxes is what's on sale on the site that day. I think it doesn't necessarily have to be one item. It could be, we only have one of each item and this things get picked it's gone. First come, yeah, first serve. I don't know. I have a PS5 in here today. It's gone in 10 seconds somehow because <laughs> someone wrote a script to do that. <laughs> but. Yeah, there is a problem. Like, uh, you could just be sending broken things, <laughs> like just straight broken <laughs> equipment to somebody or claiming it for fair. yourself. So there's yeah, a balance. Like you, a, could, you could have a pretty easy. You know the you risk. You could have a pretty you, easy. You check um, that box. No, you could pretty easily cover that. I mean, like I, like we were saying, like it's 300 bucks for the box or something like that. I think you can have 500 and it's probably $3,000 worth of items. Like, okay, ha, ha, one quarter of them are broken. You just go, oh, sorry, yeah. okay. You know, don't worry about it. We'll send you another. Yeah, it's here, fine. we'll pull it out of the other bin. Yeah, that's no, true. Just, yeah, I just give them their money back and you're like, sorry. No, ba- no problem. But you've already made your money off all the other things that did work. You know? That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Add five more rerolls to your yeah, next like, order. Oh, sorry. You know. Yeah. Here's your money. <laughs> we're going to be considered gambling in no time. Just watch. Well, but we're <laughs> we're actually undoing the mystery box of it. We're taking the gambling out of it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's we're gambling that we'll be able to sell it. <laughs> but the internet's a big place. We have a local auction house here in West Michigan that buys them in bulk and gets the pallets and then breaks them up and does just an auction site. I've gotten all kinds of great stuff from them. It's great. So this is like dropship though too, right, Scott? Like you could buy like a million of Bose headphones and all of a sudden and get them stupid cheap and Mm -hmm. mass drop. Mass drop. So mass drop subscribed. And then if you have over inventory at the end, just sell all the wood or something. (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, or if you wanted to keep the element of surprise, right? That you were guys like, if you want to leave it a little Bag bit mysterious, crap. you just do a silhouette of the item on, <laughs> on the show. Who's that Pokemon? <laughs> <laughs> People buy it based off what they think that probably is. Next to a banana that for shape, $5. That looks like a Leo <laughs> shape. I'm going to send that to him. That pair of headphones could be a $2,000 Sennheiser set or... or it's like a doll turned sideways. <laughs> skull with candy. The arm. <laughs> or a skull candy, right? <laughs> or a skull candy, yeah. yeah. Dude, this is cool, Scott. I think, I think it's just like the experience uh it's like lottery a subscribed lottery model or something or like Mm -hmm. because it is random items every month anyway right right yep so that's that's just interesting i think there's a missed opportunity to ship mass amounts of uh, like goods because it's for one of our podcast guests we it was cheaper or just as cost effective and convenient to buy a microphone and send it through Amazon than to ship one of our own personal microphones. So there's a, like an element of really why, you know, why ship it? Just buy it. <laughs> you know, maybe there's a whole website that you could create like that. You know, just it's cheaper to it's cheaper to buy it dot com. <laughs> Something, I don't know. <laughs> Make a website we, we have, that three ideas have come from this one. <laughs> Make a website that tracks what you're trying to ship and then immediately puts an ad that says, You could just buy this. <laughs> Dude, honey.com. Four ideas. Yes. Yeah, honey. Yeah, honey for things you're trying to ship. Dude, okay. I'm going to add on to this a little bit more, Scott. This is a fun idea because what if you take, <laughs> like, you just send, like, all right, you 
mass drop 10 random art pieces of art, let's say, and you can send them to like 10 or five of your friends. And now you all share the same piece of crap all of a sudden. Right. Uh, <laughs> all five of your friends' wives are mad at you at the same time. It's great. Or it's just like, <laughs> it's like, Oh, I, I did this subscribe subscription box and I have to sign up three other friends. And so mm-hmm. now it's like, all right, we're all subscribed and it's always, we all get shipped the same thing every month so that we all talk about it. So if it is a pair of socks, we all got the same pair and now we can all, did you guys get your, <laughs> your mystery box from uh scotts.socks.com? So you just have to sign up three of your friends and then they have to sign up three friends and <laughs> well, you get a cut of every time. That- <laughs> it's very triangle shape. Yeah, I like yeah. No, no, they, they don't buy it. You, Scott, got subscribed 40 bucks a month and you have to add three friends to be a part of this. Right. You're gifting. Oh, it. I'm still the one who paid for everything. Yeah, okay. I actually like that a lot because when I do send, I, I gift one of these items to one of my friends, it comes with our branding and packaging on it. So maybe they'll do it for someone else then. Yeah. And it's like a pyramid scheme. It's but sideways though. Not it's sideways, sideways. pyramid. <laughs> so you start and then... You send it to your friends after three months. They're like, you know what? I want to do it with my my parents <laughs> and my sucks. my siblings. <laughs> Opt out, unsubscribe, please. I just have but to that's say the that beauty. My... You can't. You can't. You can't. <laughs> I have to say, like the my relationship with stuff, like having moved from Michigan to New York, however long ago that was, five, six, seven, eight years ago. I don't know however long however long it was. I'm still getting rid of things that I have had from Michigan that I'm like, why is this taking up space in my apartment? Like I had yeah. it's small here, guys. Every every square foot counts. And the idea of yeah. sending people stuff they don't need, it like deeply hurts me. <laughs> <laughs> just like that's more stuff that I just can't let go of because I care about it, yeah. but just takes up space in my That's the prank. Life. That's the prank, dude. We all got the same beer bottle opener now. You're stuck with it. <laughs> well, that I'll take. That you you always need more beer bottles. See, and then we can all shit on the same romper that we're all sharing, right? Like you send a romper to everybody and now we're all like, "All right, we, did you get a romper?" No, again, romper? that I would keep. That, that I would keep. <laughs> You see, this ain't so bad. (laughs) Romp him is a terrible name. Okay, Russell, what do you got? So, guys, here's the thing. We have an incredible resource in every local community. It's a... um, They're called, like, the Get the Community Centers, where you go to figure out where... uh, Like, a certain... Every city has this, where they get visitors, they have the website, they tell you about events about a city. Visitors bureaus, okay. I know, so these visitor bureaus know all the best spots to go on dates. They know all the spots to hang out, the best deals, the best happy hours, because they have to. It's their job to know and just communicate information to people. So my idea, this is a Russell's Love Corner idea. Cue the music. (laughs) Is you take... You take these experts in a geographic region and you get all these single people and you work with these small businesses to bring them all together. And you say, hey, send me on a date. You go to these visitor bureaus and you catch up with people and the visitors bureaus will match you with either singles events or or hell, even if you're a couple, they can send you on a date to find like, all right, this isn't busy on Tuesdays, really good spot. It's kind of like finding hidden gems within your local area. Mm. They need money. They need <laughs> they need a way to like, I think, connect with not just visitors, but like the local residents too. Yeah. So sure. yeah, this is, uh, send me on a date. <laughs> And businesses could pay you to pull in the yeah. people. Yes. When businesses come to you and they say, yeah, I, can you put me on the books for next Tuesday? You charge a fee and then suddenly they have a couple mm-hmm. hundred customers or whatever. Yeah. I think it could be like you could almost have like a date planner like on the thing, you know, where you go. You're like, oh, you know, I'm, I meant to plan a date, you know, uh, with my wife or with my girlfriend or, you know, the person who I, I, I asked out on a date. Now I don't know where to take them. You could like, yeah, you could go on the thing and just be like, I need a date. <laughs> Like, what am I doing? And it could like this, come up with like okay. a schedule for the day, right? Burst into the bureau. I need a date. I'll be honest. I tried to make this a singles 
app idea because I thought it'd be better. But you know what? It is actually why I wrote it down. It's because every once in a while, it's like my anniversary. I've been to every freaking restaurant right. in this area. And right. I just am like, <laughs> mix it up, please. Somebody, yeah. anybody. And so I called the visitors bureau and they're like, have you tried this place and this place and this place? Sure enough, there's like three places I've never heard of within 20 minutes of here. I'm like, thank you so much. Right. Everybody should use you. You were the, the matchmaker. Or better, no, sorry, making my life better yep. <laughs> through visitors' bureaus. I think the couples that already exist still count as Thank you. part of your love corner. You are. Yeah. You're just a guru. Uh, <laughs> just yeah, a guru. I'm just trying to streamline relationships, you know? <laughs> no, I think that's a good idea. I mean, like here in, in Brooklyn, we have, you know, a lot of like things in the city that, you know, are known and exist. Like, for instance, uh, we have the Botanical Gardens or actually Greenwood Cemetery, as weird as it says to, as it, to be a cemetery. The, the cemetery is actually really cool um, and they have events. They have things like they have uh, like they have classes on uh, like apiaries, like handling apiaries and bees in the cemetery. They have uh, they actually this last summer I went to uh, they had like fire jugglers and like circus performers in the cemetery. cemetery. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, what? like, because it's like, <laughs> That's hilarious. you know, I don't know they, it. Some people are still buried there, but Spooky. it's like a historical cemetery. I mean, they, it's like oh, back sure. civil war cemetery. Um, I'm picturing fire jugglers and then like a right. morning young kid over in the corner cool. there. Yeah. They still need to make money, you know, sure. like, but it's not like anyone's buying plots. <laughs> got it, really got that it, got anymore, it. You know? uh, <laughs> but it's huge and it's beautiful and it is great, but like not just the cemetery, but all these things, they have events, but I never know when they are. I never know. Like, and I can check their website. I can check their whatever. But if it was like, Hey, no, this Saturday I plan to, you know, my wife and I wanted to go out and do something. Then it could be like, Hey, here's the events in Brooklyn that are going on. And make it, you know, make a plan or make it, make a day out of it. This is vital, yes, because like it's really hard to host an event and create events. So it works on the other side, and you're like, oh, I'm going to make this event, but I don't know who's going to show up. Well, if you have this whole visitors bureau of people with a list, it's like, I got a hundred people looking for date ideas. Just come up with a date night i segment or like buy one get one pizza flatbread, and my wife and I will be there. You know, so right, totally. No, I like it, that. It works both ways. Yeah. Would you guys use this? We're all Makes married. We're sense. all married men. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally thousand percent. I would. I totally like absolutely ha- use. It. I'm thinking of all the like. There's there's a hundred that have tried this. You know, you got your like Facebook local events, and you've got your whatever. I'm trying to think where. Why has it fallen short? It's just the visitors bureau yeah. is brilliant. I never think to go to them for anything ever. They actually have the information, and they don't need to make money. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to is there's no there's no business for them. They can lose money doing this. Yeah. Well, what if you pay, would you pay money for this? No. Instant instant <laughs> date. What if no. they saved you money? The money comes from the businesses. I don't think you need to charge the yeah, people. I'm not Why paying not? for it. Uh-uh. Your local restaurants go to the visitors bureau <laughs> and they pay a little bit for the cannon of the the fire hose of people that the visitors bureau send their way. You all know we're all going to password share. <laughs> like, what? Subscribe. Okay, so then yeah, no. What if uh, what if you when you subscribed, you always got the couples discount, so you were always making money. It was it was it was as long as you used their service, you were making ten bucks a month, and then every time you use their service, you get a ten dollar coupon. Now you're having to make a new. Now they have to make a deal with the business. They're not going to get some businesses because they can't abide by the deal. Businesses, you know, then it's not. It doesn't encompass everything. I want it to encompass everything. Well, it's Russell. I almost like your variation of you're the one who physically called this tourism bureau. You got the names and the cool ideas. When can we utilize yeah. that part where this is a separate business where we're using the bureau as a resource? In order to create our own catalog of cool things in each city. <laughs> so just <laughs> you're siphoning government money. <laughs> right, got it. Give me all the information you have and I'm gonna commercialize it. <laughs> right, right. It's public. I paid for your tax dollars. <laughs> just scraping their website. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I kind of like that he talked to a real person here it, who actually knows the town inside and out. And it's not just yeah, some I like that too. SEO See, boosted article saying how Russ's is the best restaurant in West Michigan or something. That's it's that's the thing. I can't trust like these blog posts anymore. Travel like no. Yelp. Everybody's figured out a way to like break the reviews. Yeah, you know, totally. and you're like, what am I? Yep. I can't look for anything. I'm just gonna find it myself or like look at the menus online now all the time. So. 
That's your value yeah. prop. It was this was told us by a real person who works for the city. That's right. You have like people that spend their whole life just every day, <laughs> and that's how you thinking know about good. the best places for <laughs> Russell to go on a date. <laughs> yes, yes. Listen, sometimes you just need like you know how many freaking dates you're responsible for. We're all four married dudes, so you're responsible for the. The birthday date, the anniversary date, the Valentine's Day, the every single one. It's just like, can't we just outsource one of the 10 that we're responsible for? <laughs> can't I just outsource one of them? Though, right? She doesn't listen to this podcast. Uh, I think her, her dad, uh, some other people <laughs> listen to this. I like half our subscribers. <laughs> Is there anything I can do to automate my relationship with my wife? <laughs> it's too much work. <laughs> It's, you know she's standing behind you right now, Russell. Oh, no. There are right. other ways to show that you care about your significant other. Sometimes it's not making a decision on where to go to eat, which is – or where to do. Like sometimes you just need to like what's a good – I've done the, the make your own pasta thing. I've done the make your own candle thing. Like, right. paint, like paint and pour. Everybody – that I know is in a long-term relationship has a picture that <laughs> you and your significant other have painted together probably and is hanging somewhere. Mm. It's like we're, we're running out of date ideas. <laughs> See? Scott's As a date? <laughs> See, we need more of those, so Doyle. What do you have there, Scott? <laughs> That's the painting that him and probably huh? and, and CJ painted, right? Right behind you. <laughs> oh, I love that. The, 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 the boat he's got behind The him. other one. My aunt actually painted that one. See, oh, Leo, what you oh, said gotcha, is gotcha. what every guy, you know, when I bring this up, would say to me. They're like, oh, you're not romantic enough? It's like, no, I've been romantic many times. It's 10 years, 20 years now. <laughs> I need something new. But I will go make a knife with my significant other if it means that it's something different. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's about having all the information. Mm-hmm. It's about it's not about automating it. It's about having all the information, having something bring to you all the options that you never would have thought of, but tailored you know? to where you're currently living. So I love that. Well, hopefully, you know, hopefully you can get there within a day. Like, yeah. Okay, Doyle, I think you hit something that I'm really excited about now, like knife making. But then, like, what? <laughs> oh, they have no. They had that wasn't a joke. They, they have that here. They have it like. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's expensive <laughs> as hell, but they have it. And then you can be like, I love you so much that I forged this knife with you and you can kill me at any moment with it. And that's just how much I trust that you. That is weirdly and scary romantic. See, you can, like, Thank there you. are a bunch of, like, let's say you're a wood shop, right? And you literally manufacture wood products. All of a sudden, the Visitors Bureau is like, hey, we have like 100 couples looking for dates and calling every month. Would you create a class once a month for making a birdhouse and now all of a sudden businesses are like oh shoot sure. maybe i that's a good add-on i like add that. something crazy and it's it's more about the visitors bureau being like a network of or a holder of all these couples in the local community and less and redirecting them to businesses because man i don't know if you guys aren't romantic enough out there and you run out of ideas it's 10 years that means you have to have how many, like, wait, let me, what's the number? Somebody do a number crunch here. Right, no. The, 10 dates a year. You've map. been in a relationship for 10 years. That means you have to uh, figure out 100 things to do. Uh, that's not that much, is it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, Leo, what do you got? All right. I have a friend and colleague who is the coolest person in the world. Hello, Reagan, if you are listening. She plays fantasy Great British Bake Off with 10 friends. They buy in. They not only choose like who's going to be Star Baker and who's going to be going out this week, but they also do like, will Paul Hollywood be in the intro this week? And will Noel be wearing a shirt with an animal on it? And they put in real money for it. And they have a whole system with Google Forums and spreadsheets to decide how people are winning. I think this is the coolest thing in the world, right? My pitch this week. Yeah, this is not the pitch. The pitch is... Why is there no fantasy sports app, but for custom things? Like, I'm going to be the commissioner of the Fantasy Mm. Survivor League. Oh, man. I'm going to be the fantasy keeping up with the Kardashians commissioner for this year. Will there be a fight between X and Y or whatever? So there is a custom fantasy sports app. It doesn't seem great. Somebody's sort of started this idea, 
but it doesn't pull from anything. You're on the hook for manual, whatever. If you go to the season of Great British Bake Off on Wikipedia, there are detailed charts with mm-hmm. what each person made, who was star baker, who got voted out. It's all on the internet. Oh. So we need to automate the idea and build the league for people. You can have suggestions. You can even feed all this into GPT-4 and say, hey, how would you structure yes. a game that's built off of this TV show, this um, movie? all the information about it. Let's play Ooh. fantasy. What's going to be in the movie theaters this fall and what will do well? Fantasy Oscars, right? You could do all sorts of things where you structure the data and you have points, you have bidding, however you want to build it where uh, the app keeps track of it for you, right? And then you can pull all this stuff from Wikipedia, from Twitter, from whatever you want to pull it from and make it automated. Because nobody is going into their fantasy sports app and like entering in what the score was between the Buffalo Bills and the whoever Mm -hmm. this week, right? The beauty of it is that it takes care of all that stuff for you. And that doesn't exist yet. And I want it to, both for my friend Reagan and for the world. Okay, two things. One, that is a fantastic idea. I (laughs) love this. Uh, Two, yeah. Breaking Bad season six. Uh, we were living with in college and a bunch of guys at the time when that came out. And we had a whiteboard in our kitchen, a huge whiteboard with everyone's bet about what was going to happen for the next episode each week. Like, sure. Is Hank going to die this week? Or is this guy going to get captured? Or blah, blah, blah. And like we took that very seriously. <laughs> and I love this. I, I love this idea, too. I mean, I've never wanted to be in a fantasy league of any sort until you just said the words Great British Bake right? Off Fantasy League. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> and um, yes, uh, number one, yes, I want that. And B, no, I mean, I think this it needs it needs a platform. I mean, it's a huge growing industry, so much so that John Oliver did a thing saying it needs to stop. Oh, wow. And of course, <laughs> That's how you know it's good. No, not really. Just like, you know, the... Uh, FanDuel and DraftKings and all oh, that sure. is getting insane. Um, but anyways, all that to, all that aside, uh, no, like yeah, they, it should be pretty simple in the sense of you should be able to decide what data is being is being tracked or being, and then I mean I think you'd still have to put the data in a bit, right? Like it doesn't know if the if the Kardashians got in a fight that episode. Like that's you know what I mean. Unless you're having AI try to determine from like the transcript or the closed captions of the show maybe under over on how many times they curse (laughs) or whatever it is yeah but if you can just put the data in once if you can just be watching the episode and be like it has a list of things people are betting on and then your commissioner whatever is like yep that happened yep this whatever but then it gives you all the stats all the breakdowns all the tables all the whatever after which just data entry once i think is dual you could have voting yeah you could have like everyone have to reach uh, consensus on whether or not that counted as a Ooh. thing, you know, have it all be voted in there. Yeah, guys, this is how FanDuel and DraftKings breaks into a whole market segment of women that haven't thought about gambling, but know that that person's going to get the rose on The Bachelor that knows <laughs> that yeah. they're going to like the reality TV show segment is insane. And so you just are like, hey, how much do you actually know that? And then you have guys sitting on their FanDuel app all of a sudden that's like, hey, uh, I got 50 bucks on a bachelor uh, (laughs) gambling, you know, maybe I'll just ask my uh, bachelor gambling. Yeah. All right. You guys watch The Bachelor like all of a sudden, you know, you you start asking your friends about The Bachelor and they will tell you everything about it. Who's up next? Who they think is going to get gone? And now you're like, I just. I think I'm just going to bet 50 bucks. Who's going to be the next bachelor? There are Vegas odds for everything. Yeah. And if you could get into some of those APIs for, you know, who's going to be the next speaker of the house or whatever, people are vote- bidding on all this stuff. Only you're just making it for like your friends. Yeah, group. Vegas will just give that. Yeah. Away. I remember seeing the Vegas odds of who's going to get <laughs> the Vegas Iron Throne totally in like season six of Game of Thrones. And they right? had all of their bets up. Dude, we did this in college with uh, what was the one two the two uh, armies fighting World's against the deadliest warrior. That's it. On Spike TV. He gave us the show World's Deadliest Warrior where they just have two random people in history like, I'm going to take a pirate and fight a knight or something. Who's going to win? Or a Spetsnaz soldier against a World War II Marine or something. And But they would give you the list of who's fighting who at the beginning of each season. And we had huge betting pools of I think this person's going to win this one and this one's going to win this one. Yeah, Russell, that's an excellent example. (laughs) What if this app Okay, say you're in a Great British Bake Off pool, right? And 
you know, there's probably 10, 100, 1,000 other Great British Bake Off pools, right? Now, people are placing their bets in their own pool, but our app looks across pools to aggregate Love the that. Totally. odds. Figures out what the most popular right? types of bets are and whatnot. Oh. Right. What people, what people think is going to yep. happen. Um, and then adjust the odds for everybody's pools oh, based yes. off of all the pools and what people are betting on. The tech podcast Hard Fork um, a couple of months ago talked about this. They had one of their one of the two guys went and did a uh, I think this is a New York Times thing. So there's a whole world around uh, forecasting nerds, the manifold markets. And it's, yeah, it's this exact thing. They take, uh, will the CEO of Twitter still be Linda Yaccarino in six months from now? Yes or no. And there people are all betting real money on it. Manifold dot markets. That's the one. But the, the idea is like, can you use the wisdom of the crowds to guess how will the Israel Hamas war end or whatever, oh, you know, oh, oh, oh. that's crazy. House speaker SBF trial. Will he be guilty or, Will we get a government shutdown? That's a current thing that's being threatened right now or whatever. It's crazy. And you can actually do real data science off of this. People always say like, I bet you $10 that X is going to happen next week. Oh, yeah. Well, let's put your money where your mouth is. Let's do it. That's the idea of manifold markets now. I mean, he he was right. Twitter did become X. (laughs) (laughs) Boo. (laughs) Yes, it did cultural vandalism i want to be on the record about that mm-hmm. but yeah um turning that but a game amongst friends i think is the key that nobody's done yet i think keeping it amongst friends also honestly puts you legally yeah. more in the safe zone in the sense that once you get into like serious betting outside of like a small group of friends that's where you kind of where things get more regulated sure and that's where like the problems with FanDuel and DraftKings is kind of coming from but uh like if you can keep it there's less money to be to be honest. There's less money to be made if you keep it with uh, people with yeah. friends. But I it's think more wholesome legally, and some would argue yeah. morally, probably yeah. better to uh, to keep it like you know office pools. Yeah, <laughs> you know, fantasy really is so fun that I don't really care about the NFL too much, and I still enjoy fantasy football. You know, it's the it's the decision making, coaching side of things, and there's a lot of things that I care a lot more about than football that I would love to fantasize. <laughs> I don't want to fantasize them. I don't think that's what that means. All right, Doyle, what do you got for us this week? All right. I have a couple ideas, but I have one that I decided to share for this because I feel like time is of the essence before somebody does it. And I just want to say, I thought of it first. Yes. Yes. I knew it. (laughs) Write it in an envelope, mail it to yourself. Uh, Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But anyways, so I'm sure you guys are all familiar with like the low code, no code movement of app. Oh, sure. uh, Of creating apps in the sense that like there's not enough trained uh, uh, programmers and coders or whatever to make all the new apps with all the new updates for everything always all at once. So... They've come up with a lot of things. They've come up with like node-based, you know, node-based making of apps and dragging and dropping elements to have it write its own CSS, HTML, whatever. I was thinking you take a UI like uh, Unreal Engine. Are you guys familiar with how Unreal Engine does its programming? For anybody who's not, the idea for Unreal Engine is it has all the things out of the box that you might need to put onto a screen, right? But when you get down to how two objects or two things should interact, you can pull pre-written code that's just shown to you in a little box and on the left has inputs and on the right has output. And when it comes down to programming, everything is just sort of inputs and output, right? So you take your user input node and you hook it up into a little black box and then that little black box does something and outputs it. Now the programmer's job is to know what's in that little black box. But now we have AI programmers. So I can just tell the AI, I want these inputs to have these outputs every time. And maybe I hook it up to a database. And uh, then it will write the code again and again and again until it passes all your tests. And then now you have a little box that does one specific thing. And you do that one by one by one for like node-based graph of how you want your data flow for your app to go. Like a flow chart, you mean? Node-based, you mean flow charting, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. like a flow chart sort of, you know? Kind of in the same way that Unity does, you can grab little code blocks 
that you move around and you have them all interact with each other. But now I don't have to know how to write any of it. I just am describing to the AI what I want each box to do. Small, contained, solvable problems. But I'm giving it the larger algorithmic architecture of the app. I'd use this. Yeah, absolutely. And then if you want, you can go under the hood, look at the code, fix something. If it's simple or if you know or if you do have knowledge, you could you can tell it to write the whole thing in a language you know so that you have the better ability to debug it. But all it knows is inputs and outputs. You know, it's funny, Doyle, like in coding, there's this thing called test-driven development yeah. where you write these tests and all the coders are supposed to do is pass the tests. And so in a way, you've just said the people mm-hmm. that write tests, which are like, I don't think typically the the senior level coders can become the developers themselves because they just write really good tests. And so the stronger their tests Mm. that they build, you're just like AI solve for these tests. And all of a sudden you have a working app more or less, right? Maybe without any UI, but you just have boom. Now it works. And all of a sudden you just have the AI future, man. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. You know, people are talking about how AI is going to be, writing all these programs themselves, it's going to be whatever. And I just kind of was thinking to myself, well, what would it really look like? What does it really look like when we have AI able to program accurately, correctly, most of the time, which it's pretty close now, but all that to say, like, what do those jobs look like? Those jobs look like people writing tests and creating the overall architecture of an app, but not necessarily writing each, every implementation of every little thing. I feel like I have just enough coding strength to make small, really niche services for myself and not quite enough to like build a few apps that I would like to be able to build. And if I were to break Mm. it down with a tool like what you're describing, I think that would put it just within arm's reach. I would love something like this. Right, right. I wonder if you could apply this to like other things too. Like I guess when you're thinking about AI, it's like, oh, I want to 3D print a, a, a thing and you just keep running a... Mm-hmm. A, a, a 3D print until it gets it right. I want to be able to capture a bug uh, faster. And you just let the AI randomly... Well, I guess you don't need a 3D printer mm-hmm. to do that. You could just have it generate that. But I guess, uh, you know, it's... <laughs> well, it, it generates 10,000 iterations and the test that you've defined is efficiency for yeah. catching bug or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I actually tried to write one of our early ideas in this show, I just, I'm like, you know, screw it. I'm just going to try it. I'm just going to see if I could actually create this or not. And I, I don't know how to code. And so I went to chat GPT and I said, I described the app that I wanted. And I said, make this for me. And it wrote a Python script. And then I ran the Python script and it was buggy and it did blah, blah, blah. And it didn't run. And so I didn't like, I have no idea how to troubleshoot or fix this. So I just copied all the errors at yep. the bottom, put them back into chat GPT and said, fix it. So I tried it again. And then after like three or four iterations of that, I had a fully working app. And I just, or at least a section of the app that I wanted to do, one of the features. So then I did that again with another one of the features that I wanted to do. I need this to light up this color, blah, make it happen. Three or four iterations, boom. And by the end of it, I had like six different code sets. And then I copied all of them in the chat GPT. And I said, put all these together in (laughs) one. And Three or four iterations later, I had a beautiful state machine and working code. Well, I mean, that's the idea of, of programming, right? Is you should be able to write a function that works when you give it the inputs and it gives mm-hmm. the same outputs. And then you just do that 100 times. So you have 100 functions. And then you have one thing that determines yep. what order you do those functions in. And I mean, it, you know, it's yep. nested dolls all the way up. But um, but yeah, I mean, that that's really... That's really all it is. Uh, there's actually that was reminding me. There was somebody who did make a thing uh, similar to what you were just dis- what your method, but like he made like a package called Wolverine, which all it does is it looks over your shoulder basically at your screen at what you're typing, and then when it runs an error, it's like, hey, I know what that error was. Do you want me to fix it, or do you want to fix it yourself? And then you go, <laughs> you fix it, and then it fixes it, cool. and then you know it might it makes a mistake, right? It, it declares a a variable that would be needed, but it, or, but never declares it rather. It, it mentions a variable that would be needed, but is never declared. And then a new error pops up and it goes, oh, whoops, that was me. And it fixes that and it'll just do it over and Whoa. over again until it runs into no errors. And it's like, all right, you take it from here. you know. And then you just keep typing along until you hit another error. And it's like, oh, I can fix that. Wow. 
and it called it Wolverine because it's self-healing. It just <laughs> continually goes over sure. and over and over again until oh, until it works. Gotcha. Okay, I'm going to throw a curveball here for a second, but I'm wondering, can you like, so hypothetically, it's inputs and outputs, right? You were saying, let's say you created a connection to the Unity engine and like the goal was, I want to be a better dancer, okay? So you put your, you go on an Xbox Connect and you do your dance moves and then the inputs and outputs, right, is you input your dance moves and the output is better dance moves or like it tells you what's wrong. Like use Unity to like do capture information and mm. then output is, what if I set the output to make this model dance better, right? The 3D model. Sure. Could you do stuff like that? Like that's something that could be done, right? And if you can get that going in real time in a VR headset where it's tracking where your arms and legs are in, Russell, you got like, you know how you have the the piano learning things where it's kind of like Guitar Hero, they're falling and you're pressing them in order. You got that, but it's a wireframe of where your body needs to be next. Mm-hmm. And you're, how do I move from yeah. here to oh, here to cool. get <laughs> yeah. to get my dance moves? Yeah. I, if if so, anyone's going to have the real time, it's going to be, uh, Pixar will in a few, Ooh. in like a few years, like. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys know this, but they post all their white papers about how they do their 3D stuff on their website. Like you can go to Pixar Sick. and read their like full research white paper on how Sully has a million wow. trillion hairs on his body and how they render that all in real time. We got super in the nerd weeds this week. I love it. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Wow. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed yourself this week. And thank you, Doyle, for coming here. This was a lot of fun. Hey, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. You said you have several ideas, so we got to have you back here so we can get that next yeah, one out of you, all right? that's why I didn't talk about any other ones. Oh, know, yeah. Self-invited <laughs> back on. All right, looking forward to it. Yeah. Our website is spitball.show. Please, if you wouldn't mind, email us some feedback, your thoughts, your comments, your ideas. We want to hear more about the pitches you heard and what your thoughts are on them. And if you have some of your own, maybe this sparked an idea for your low-code, no-code solution. Uh, email us at podcast at spitball.show. We read everything. We'd love to hear from you. And that's also how you can follow us on the Fediverse, such as Mastodon. We're podcast at spitball.show. Our subreddit is r slash spitballshow. Our intro of outro music is Swingers by Bonkers Beat Club. And please, if you wouldn't mind, you're listening on a podcast app. Pull over that car. Stop your jog for a moment. Hit us with that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe and add us wherever you're listening right now. Spotify. We would love to hear it. It's the best way for people to find out about the show. A new episode is coming out soon. We will see you then. Bye.